Welcome to Business Talk, Sister Gok. Today's podcast episode is how to start a music licensing business. And with me today, I have a special guest named Maddie Frick, and I'm super excited to have her. Thank you so much for being with me today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Okay. So I have so many questions for you about about this topic, but first, could you tell me a little bit about what you do? Yeah, I am a music licensing consultant, and I also own a business that represents musicians and pitches their songs for placement in productions like film, television, advertising, and video games. Wow, that's like quite a variety of different platforms as well. Yeah, and I mean, they all come with their, you know, pros and cons, <laughs> depending on what industry you're placing a song in. Um, but it's good to be well-versed in all of them and so you can better serve your musicians. Yeah, so why why did you start doing this? So it was a you know, dream of mine when I was a teenager, I had a bit of an epiphany when I turned 15, where I, I just realized it was someone's job to pick the songs that were in the movies that I loved. Mm -hmm. And I knew in that moment that that was something that I wanted to do. You know, you're sitting in a movie. Yeah, you're sitting in a movie theater and you hear a really good song. And um if it's perfect, it gave me goosebumps and I just wanted to chase that feeling. So I, you know, was in my mid twenties and I didn't like what I was doing. So I just said, screw it. I'm going to chase this dream because now I'm at the point where if I don't do it, I'm always going to wonder what would have happened if Mm -hmm. I had tried. So I saved up some money, moved to Los Angeles and made it happen. Oh, okay. So you're going to have to dig into the how you made that happen. Uh, What did that look like to get started? Um, I, you know, did a lot of research, figured out what I needed to do. There was a bit of, uh, I had a little bit of a crisis in that um, I am from Northern Minnesota. I was living, you know, in the Twin Cities and the thought of moving to Los Angeles was not enjoyable to me. It was frankly terrifying. Um, and so I had a bit of like, well, maybe I could go to Nashville or Austin, Texas, which seemed more approachable. But I um, went to South by Southwest one year and ran into someone who lived in Texas from the music industry. And she just gave me a bit of wisdom where she's like, if I was your age, you know, mid 20s, I had my whole life in front of me, I would go big or go home and going big is fully moving to Los Angeles. So I took that advice to heart. Um, I saved up some money. I think it was only like $5,000, $6,000 I had saved up. And I picked a date and moved to Los Angeles. The things I had lined up in Los Angeles before I got there was I had reached out to My favorite music supervisor, who I had actually reached out to during my college career just to ask him some questions. Mm -hmm. So I was already Mm -hmm. like, my name was vaguely recognizable to him by that point. And so he had agreed to let me intern for him. And then I also had a class lined up at UCLA. It was like a a night class in music supervision. 
And I picked the day to move there, which was the day that the annual music supervision conference was being held. So my first day in Los Angeles was showing up to that conference, meeting tons of people in the industry and just networking. And then um, within a few months, I landed my first job at Universal Pictures. Wow. Okay. So I am am like super excited about all these things. But first of all, you need to clarify, what is South by Southwest? South by Southwest is a music arts and cultural festival in Austin, Texas. It's actually happening, you know, mid-March every year, um, which is right now. Yeah. Um, And so it's lots of up and coming bands, although Mm. they do have some big name bands, but the, the bulk of the music festival is all these bands take over Austin, Texas, and they're playing in bars, whatever stages people have, and people from all over the country, all over the world fly in to see music and attend panels. Mm. And what a good, I I just love Austin. It's such a walkable city. So (laughs) I feel like that would be a really good place to have that. Yeah, I've only been to Austin during South by Southwest Music Festival. So I know the city's very different during South by, but I've, I've loved going every single time. Yeah. Okay. So tell me a little bit more about what sort of degree or educational background did you have in order to start this sort of business? You had mentioned that you were in college. What was that for? What were you learning? And how was that helpful? Yeah, I only have my bachelor's degree. I went to St. Olaf in Northfield, Minnesota, but I don't have a music degree. I don't have a music business degree. I made my own major, which sounds kind of hippie but my okay. major is in cultural and media studies um mm. so vaguely related but not really but I participated in the college radio station became co-manager by the time I was a senior I interned at a national public radio affiliate so I had I took every music opportunity I could even if it wasn't in music licensing specifically And I think that's totally okay. Like, as long as you're getting some kind of experience, you can keep tangentially like relating that to what you want to do, even if you're in a region where what you specifically want to do is not available. No, that's really good advice, honestly. And I think that people sometimes can get really tunnel visioned on this is what I want and nothing else that they don't realize how applicable all these other experiences can be very helpful once they want to step into that. Um, yeah. So yeah. So tell me a little bit about how do you go about um, choosing the artists you represent, and did you do this originally with another company and then go off on your own, or how did that transition happen? Yeah. So at the beginning of my music licensing career, I was working for other companies. Um, I interned. I worked at Universal Pictures. I worked at Stars, and then. I just, I got to the point where I checked all the boxes I wanted of things I wanted to do in Los Angeles and I had to leave. I couldn't be there any longer. I had to come back to the Midwest, but there's also a bit of mourning in that because I thought I would have to abandon the career that I had built for myself. But Mm -hmm. it turns out that enough people and and companies in this industry need help that I've been able to be self-employed um, since that time. So I was initially 
you know, contracting, freelancing, self-employed for other companies, helping them pitch their artists to productions. Um, while also like I still do production work. I wrapped up some TV shows this winter where I worked directly on the TV show. Um, but it was, you know, moving back to Minnesota where I felt like I am definitely ready to start doing this on my own. And there's also so many good musicians and talent mm-hmm. in Minnesota mm-hmm. and the Midwest specifically that aren't being represented in Hollywood. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like I can be a great advocate for them. And also it's been actually pretty easy to sign artists because people in Hollywood really aren't paying that much attention to Minnesota bands. So I can like scoop them all up and <laughs> represent them myself. Got a little corner on the market over here. Huh? <laughs> yeah. But um, so in terms of picking an artist, you know, first you think of genre and whether you think you can, you know, find placements for them. It's much easier to place pop music than it is country Mm -hmm. music. So that kind of comes down to it. And then there's also accessibility to them in terms of if they are a larger name, if they are signed to a record label or a publishing deal, they probably can't sign their rights for sync licensing to someone to me because the record label is already representing them. So it is, I'm right now focusing more on up and coming artists. Um, I'm essentially placing bets on musicians who I think are going to do well. And I see a lot of potential in their music and just simple things is like looking at what's charting locally, what's on public radio, what are people talking about on the local blogs, looking at concert calendars, um, and, you know, checking them against play counts, but really a good song is a good song and that's always going to stand out. So mm-hmm. it's always about listening to the music and figuring out what speaks to you and what you think could work for placement. Yeah. Yeah. So is there like we kind of talked about this a little bit, but um, have you found there's a benefit then to living in one location versus another when you first start out? Uh, do you think you could have been as successful as you are today if you would have stayed in Minnesota um, and networked from a distance? Or what do you what do you think about that? I think it's definitely possible to have stayed in Minnesota and make this work. I don't think it would have been possible for me personally. I don't think I would have had the confidence to start my own company doing this, having never lived in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that comes down to the education like I'm definitely someone where like my issues in terms of like starting a business or starting something new is I do too much education up front like I spend a little bit too much time preparing before I actually do the thing and I just know for me if I hadn't gone to Los Angeles and learned how to do it I would never have done it here in Minnesota but Mm -hmm. it's not impossible for other people I would say yeah so I think maybe personality is a part of it. And then also knowing that you have the confidence to do something, maybe working with some people can actually give you the confidence to say, yeah, I do. I do actually know what I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So how do film companies know how to get in touch with you? Is it about like a network that you have to be a part of? What does that look like to kind of look for business? Yeah. In terms of representing the musician's 
that I've signed, you know, if they reach out to the musician, they should direct them to me. Alternatively, if you look at my website, I've got a list of the bands I represent. And so, you know, once they start reaching out for contact, it's usually pretty easy to find me. In terms of like music clearance and licensing, where I work directly on productions, um, it is networking. I get most of my jobs like that are through referrals where a production reached out to someone and maybe their plate is overloaded. And they're like, well, I know Maddie also does this. She's great. Um, Reach out to her. Mm. And then it's also networking regionally in terms of, you know, there are more and more productions being filmed here in the state and it's knowing who to reach out to Mm -hmm. on those productions proactively um, so that they know that I'm here and I can work directly on their show if need be. Okay. Yeah. So how do you, as a, as now you're a business owner, how do you structure your time and decide what is best to work on? Yeah, I, so I'm definitely a morning person in terms of being able to get things done. And it did take me a long time to realize that I do my best work in the morning. I put the things that are most valuable, creatively valuable to me in the morning. And then afternoon is more reserved for tedious work, I guess. That's the interesting thing about music clearance and licensing is that There is a lot of creativity to it, but there is also a lot of spreadsheets and data and Mm. rights holders and paperwork that you have to do. So it is like a balance of those two things. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's actually a question I had. So is each project different or can you create some sort of streamlined process to approach handling different all of the different situations? Yeah, I've definitely created a structure for myself when I'm working on a production um, in terms of like what the charts look like, what I need to track and um, creating documents. And I just apply that structure to everything I'm working on. Um, I think I would be lost without it, (laughs) frankly. But it's fun because it's like you're you've got this structure to work in, but then every project is different, whether it's like a western or a contemporary television show, or you know you get to work with all these fun different elements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about how do you structure the work you do in in terms of your price point? Do you do like a commission space? Is it a certain fee to be represented? How did you go about figuring all of that out and what's standard for the industry? Yeah, so when I'm consulting or I'm working on a project that's hourly or project-based fee, um, just based on what's, what, what their budget is basically, but in terms of representing artists, I am 100% commission-based. There's no, the artist is not paying me to pitch them whatsoever. Um, And honestly, I think it would be unethical to do so, to Mm, charge a musician to pitch them. I've never, I'm aware of the companies that do charge for placement and I've never worked with them on the production side. And I've never worked with someone else on the production side who's been in charge of it and I've been helping them. Like I've never seen anyone work with those companies before. So I think it would be a disservice to you as an artist, both in terms of like you're paying them money, you're losing money to 
get p- placed and the company you're working with is probably not um, even getting you much attention in the first place. Mm. Yeah. So is there a busy season and a, a quiet season that you have in in your work or anything like that? You know, there used to be before streaming, you know, there was pilot season and um, pitching season in terms of television. You know, film usually comes out around full year. There's not a lot of releases in January, though. But ever since streaming came out, there are TV shows being made year round for you know all productions i will say that the industry largely shuts down for the last two weeks of the year so around the holidays Mm. everybody's usually gone so i hope Mm -hmm. you got everything you need before then but yeah other than that it's pretty much all year long okay well i mean that's a nice little break structured in there for everybody right (laughs) yeah (laughs) so is there any industry experts that you follow or learn from that you think would be helpful as a resource to other people? Yeah, I mean, if you have a favorite TV show where you like the music or like you watched a movie and you thought the songs were really great, look up whoever has the title of music supervisor and then just follow their social accounts. They, you know, some mm-hmm. of them like to participate on LinkedIn, some are, you know, Twitter people, but just find them, start following them, start looking at what they're talking about um, in terms of specific people. But also, if you want to learn more about the industry, there's the Guild of Music Supervisors, which I'm a member of, which has, um, it's a, you know, it's a membership where they're doing continuing education, but they also do that was the annual conference I went to. So if you're a newbie, like start paying attention to what they're posting. I'm also a member of the California Copyright Conference, which is a little more legal and copyright oriented, but it's Mm going to help you get down to the nitty gritty. And they have um, monthly webinars that are open to the public um, for like a $5 fee or something. Um, And then there's also a number of blogs, um, if you just start searching them, that are geared towards music licensing, and they're posting interesting articles. Um, So if you're interested in learning more, those are resources I would start looking at. Yeah, absolutely. Those those sound great. Uh, Lots of good tips there. So tell me, how, how can people find you? Um, I'm on social media um, at Maddie Frick on most of my accounts. And then my um, company for musicians where I represent them is called June July. So my website's junejulymp3.com or just look it up on social media. Um, And I do have a contact form on my website. So if you're a musician who would like to send me songs of yours for me to listen to, you can use the contact form on my website to send me a link to stream your song. Nice. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. And we're going to transition to the gawk portion of this episode now. <laughs> and you had told me that you have some pretty interesting celebrity experiences. So I want to hear all about this. Tell, tell me what's up. Yeah, so I um, when I worked at Universal Pictures, I was on the studio lot, is what they call it, which is okay. the large property where they produce lots of st- 
stuff. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the property is also contains the theme park. So if you've been to Universal Studios Hollywood, and oh. the other half of the property is where we actually make the TV shows and movies. Um, and mm-hmm. so at lunchtime, I would you know go for a walk around the property. I had a little loop, but the loop included like the back behind the the voice tv show stage oh i, would, like, I didn't even know that behind. was there okay <laughs> yeah they film it there okay um, and so i would walk back behind there as part of my little walking loop and so i got to see most of the hosts of the show like one time they were filming promos back there and they were playing ping pong <laughs> it was like blake and um the other one of the country singers the other one was there um playing ping pong together and like this is kind of weird i am the worst but... celebrity <laughs> named person so don't ask me <laughs> yeah <laughs> Ooh. i'm really bad with names which is not great but um and so i was walking back there and they do have like six parking spots and that those are reserved for the celebrity hosts and um this big suv comes over and it turns its blinker on and it just sits there because i'm like clearly in its way and like it just felt like time slowed down a little bit. I'm like, I'm walking, but I'm like trying not to like run and be weird or anything. And I look <laughs> over and the driver of the giant SUV was Miley Cyrus herself with like a little like towel on her head. Like she just came out of the shower. So um, <laughs> I blocked her that morning, um, but she drives herself to work, which is pretty cool. <laughs> well, I I would I feel like Americans are pretty good at doing things themselves, but <laughs> no, yeah, that's really interesting that you get that little sneak peek. Um, and also side comment to that, I was like, wow, what an effective use of land space to have two different cash flowing properties in the same location. <laughs> but, yeah, really. Well, and then they they have their studio tour uh, at the theme park, and you get in a little tram, and then they actually drive you through where we actually make the movies and like I I would have to go like pick up checks and they have these like bungalows on the far side of the property it was so far that you had to like get a golf cart and drive it all the way and you'd have to like sit at the stop sign and wait for like the tram to go by and like all the people like looking around for a celebrity and like I'm not a celebrity I'm just trying to go pick up some checks sorry (laughs) you could take a picture of me though if you want (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah exactly well thank you so much for sharing and being with me today Maddie yeah thank you so much I appreciate it yeah and if you enjoyed listening to Maddie or you're interested in that aspect of being represented as a musician etc you can reach out to her at junejulymp3.com and I will see you next time